0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown.
1: Create your life. Create propre vie.
0: Create your life.
1: Create your life. Create your life. vita.
0: Create your life.
2: do skip your life
0: you better create your life create your life create your life create your life Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is an amazing day to be with you here today. We have a treat. Listening to some of the listener feedback and the questions that we've been giving, people have been calling in and have been asking, DMing us, messaging us, asking, hey, how do I build my audience? What are some of the ways that I can grow and maximize my influence? And so, of course, us being who we are here at the Create Your Life series, the Create Your Life family, I said, you know what? The first Sunday of every month, we do CEO talks. So why not have some people come in who are experts at this, at audience building and growing, come in and actually help us to figure out how to do so. So in addition to myself sharing my expertise, each one of us has come with 10 different ways that we can help people and how you can go ahead and uh, grow your audience. So we have our resident contributor here, Todd Wanish, who is the CEO of Clever Era. Todd, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. What is up, everybody? Happy, happy day. Awesome. <laughs> happy to have you back, Todd. And then we also have a special guest calling in from Ohio, Cordero Johnson, better known as Hayes. Hayes, you there? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. So we got Hayes in here. Hayes is the host of the Awakened Soul podcast, but also... Had a different podcast back before that one and was in the tens of of thousands and downloads per month. So definitely we have some experts here to talk about it. And before we actually even jump into this show, I want to remind everybody that you can go right now to create your life to actually bit.ly.com backslash Beyonce, C-Y-L-S, Beyonce. And you can download the book that I wrote on my interview with Beyonce's dad, 10 Secrets That I Learned while interviewing Beyonce's dad or you can also go to the website cylseries.com and just sign up for our newsletter and you'll get it emailed to you. I also want to remind you all to follow us on Instagram at cylseries and also at Kevin Y. Brown. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. So Hayes, because you are newest to the group, I want you to tell us what do you feel like is the number one thing that is needed in order to grow your audience?
1: The number one thing I would say is be consistent with your content. And that, that means releasing on the same day every week and delivering that content every time. That way people can set their clock to it. So definitely be consistent with your content. Okay. Todd. So I'll
2: say this. The things on my list are tactics, except for the first one, which I think is the most important. And the very first thing you need to know is that in order to build an audience correctly, you need to have people that know you, like you, and trust you. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is through storytelling, no matter what it is that you're going to do, no matter what strategy or tactic that you use, you need to put yourself out there in a way so that people get to know who you are. They say, oh man, I like this person. This is really good content. I really dig what this guy is saying or this gal is saying. And then they get to trust you. And once you get them to trust you, they will eventually buy from you.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess I'm going to jump right in and I'm going to give what I feel like the most important thing is I'm going to go even more lower level than you gentlemen did And I'm going to say that you need to identify what your goal is Mm. and make the decision. Do you want to be popular or do you want to make money or both? Because there's a difference between fame and fortune. And I think that a lot of times people are shooting for, oh, you know what? I should have X amount of followers, X amount of downloads and all of this stuff. And to me, that just seems like, you know, you were the most popular person in high school and then you didn't do anything afterwards. That's true. That's very true. So, Really talking about it, man, to me, that's what's important is really being able to identify what your goal is, why it is that you're doing this, and then saying, who is my audience, and how am I going to engage with these people, and what is it that they're actually looking at, and what is popular? Todd, I feel like we were talking about the comic book space, Mm -hmm. and Hayes, I actually used you as an example from a conversation that we had, where you said that you had done a review of Infinity War, and that you got an insane amount of downloads on that episode by itself, and I said- Yeah. And so my question is, is what are some of the things that you all do when you're looking to actually create an episode or create content? How are you going out and researching what will work and what will not? I mean, Hayes literally went into five figure downloads Mm -hmm. when he made this Infinity War podcast episode. So please talk about it.
1: So as far as the Infinity War, as far as any content on my podcast that I do, I always pick something that I'm already having interest in because I feel like that comes through on the show when someone has a genuine interest and love for what they're talking about people endear themselves to that so that's first anything that i do has to be true to me it has to be something that i already enjoy but more so when you know it's going to be something that hundreds and hundreds of people or thousands of people are going to be into like with infinity war i just i, I hype it beforehand i let them know that i'm going to be talking about it I let them know when it's going to be out social media i blast it out, but like I said, at the end of the day, when it comes to picking content for me, it's all about what I have that interest in because then I know it's going to be a great show. If I love it already, I'm gonna deliver a great show. the The way I present it and everything that can be changed a little bit depending on on my mood, but the content itself it has to be something that I just love already.
0: Okay, yeah. So starting from the heart. Todd.
2: Well, let, let me mean, ask yeah. you this: I'm actually gonna follow up with that before we jump into other numbers here. Hayes, man, when you did this thing on Infinity War was your interview flat was it just a what i mean by flat was was it just a standard review of the movie or were you picking up on there's always with any movie any music anything especially with pop culture there's always always drama right were you picking Mm -hmm. up on any of the drama and addressing any of the drama surrounded any of these things like infinity war drama or were you just
1: like hey this i saw the movie and this is what i thought about it so i did my infinity war probably different than any other podcast did i had a lot of my listeners other podcasters people in the industry pre-record and send in their thoughts on the show Mm -hmm. and then what that allowed me to do is that throughout the episode i came back in and i actually broke down and speculated on the themes i talked about the themes of the villain the themes of the heroes there was also a consistent theme of filling your your objective by the heroes in that film so i was able to break everything down at a deeper level than just straight up reviewing the film and i leveraged those, I call them the spotlight reviews that I had sent in to me, I leveraged those to actually do the typical review of the film, and that allowed me to delve deeper in my conversation in my segments of that podcast.
2: Got it. So what you did is you basically took something that you knew was going to be talked about and you leveraged it into what you are passionate about. You used, you pulled pieces out of the content, which was the Infinity War movie, and you applied it to what you're actually working on, your business and, your, and what people in your audience were expecting. Exactly. Right on. All right, so I'll jump in here, and I'll, I'm going to go ahead and give you another one. This is more of a tactic, and I'm sure this is going to be on everybody else's list too, but email, email lists, pushing everything to an email list. That is probably after storytelling and no like and trust for me, because you can't, you can't do anything if people don't like you and trust you, and if nobody knows who you are, you're not going to go very far. But email list, because email gets a bad rap. Everyone thinks it's old technology, and, and no one really does a lot of stuff with it, yada, yada. That's certainly not true, and the way I, I frame it is this. Social networks come and go social networks own all the information. There's a reason why every single app, social network or platform you use, how do you sign up? What do they ask you for when you log in and create an account? Well, email. they want they want your email address and password and they're not giving you access to anyone else's email address. Well, why? Well, because the email is the asset and This is sort of the the little secret that marketers know that the rest of the world doesn't understand about email, and that is all of us, we all search the web, we all do our own thing in different ways, we have different jobs, different lives. At the end of the day, there's certainly some websites that I visit and you visit, and if we talked about it, there would probably be one or two crossovers, but for the most part, we don't really intersect. With With that said, I don't care who you are who is listening to this program, I know for a fact that you probably check your email at least once a day at least if not multiple times a day. We all do it, our jobs require it, right? And what that means is that I know for a fact that if I send you an email, if you give me permission to have access to your email and you give me permission to send you things, I know where I can reach you. The email is digital real estate. That is where you live online. It is not Facebook, it is not Instagram. Not only that, but to Kevin's point earlier, when you build your, your numbers up on all these platforms, you can have a million Instagram followers. Well, Instagram could shut down tomorrow, exactly. right? Now, yeah, it's owned by Facebook, whatever. But how many times have we all seen some company changes a policy or gets sold off or bought by somebody or an else? Algorithm. Or an algorithm change and all of a sudden everything drops and all of a sudden it ain't a cool platform anymore and mm-hmm. everybody jumps to the new thing. Well, if you've built your audience of a million people, but you can't reach them whenever you want. Forget about it, man. You can post something on Facebook and what? One tenth of one percent of your audience actually sees it. Whereas if I have the same size audience through email, I know everybody's looking
0: at it. My click through rates are way higher. I think to piggyback off of that, I think what is also important is is to master one platform. Being on all platforms is okay, and it can have its advantages. However, you don't need to be on 12 different platforms. I feel like you need to build up instead of out. That's true. So I think that that's a really big component of actually building your audience.
2: Yeah, that's huge, even though that actually should be highlighted. I'm glad you said that because Mm -hmm. even though between the three of us, I'm sure we're gonna be tossing out a whole bunch of stuff here. It's important to know that you gotta pick the best strategy for you and dive into that one niche, that one platform or that one thing, Mm -hmm. and scale that up until you feel like you've hit a ceiling. I mean, some of these things can get
0: huge, And I think that it's important for you to understand where is your audience hanging out at? That's right. That's how you make the decision. So are they on Instagram? Are they on Twitter? And I think that that actually comes by picking the people Mm-hmm. who you want to be like and mm-hmm. then understanding where their followers right. are That's and right. how people are digesting their content if it's content that you're creating and that'll be your way and your your avenue in order to create an influence and be able to essentially influence more and funny enough I have to say this because I find that it's super interesting you know who James Altucher is? Of course Dude He's liked like three of my posts. Ah, nice. And and it's like, what? Like, Altitude is a big deal. What up, James? Yeah, what's up, James? (laughs) What's up? (laughs) But he's a big deal. And I just find it interesting. So in my head, I want to know, how did he stumble across my content? Right. And I feel like that would help because he's someone who I've looked at. You should ask him. Uh, Yeah, I think I'm going to slide into his DMs and see what's going on. Yeah, but it's interesting. He did it like last week, and I was kind of like, huh. And then today I looked and he liked the post that I made about last week's episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. And then he not he liked it on Kevin White Brown, but he also liked it on CYL series. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm trying to reel him in so he can become a guest That's or something right. like that. Right. But it's very interesting. And it's important for us to know where the people who we want to be like or who who's having impact and their influence to go and understand what they're doing and mm-hmm. then be able to backtrack it and create a similar game plan. Right. That being said, give us another tip. Hayes, what's going on? Before though, I do I want to piggyback off. You saying know where
1: your listeners are coming.
0: And I see that you use it as well.
1: I tell every other podcaster that I work with to leverage Fitly because not only does that give you the numbers of clicks that you're getting, it tells you where they're coming from, and Mm. that can help you with your social media strategy as well. So I'm glad you guys pointed that out. I just wanted to piggyback off that. But as far as my number two, it's your social media presence. You want to be visible. A lot of people do digest their news or whatever. They get a lot of content through social media. If you can leverage your social media presence enough eventually that becomes promoting and marketing that you don't have to pay for. Because if you have a solid enough listener base on a specific social media platform, they're going to push your content so much for you that you gain new views just by them pushing your content. So I would say definitely your social media presence is definitely important in in at least the podcasting world where I
0: live in. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm.
2: So what I'll say is the next big one for me is the ethical bribe. Mm. People hear that term and they're like, "What is that?" Well, essentially, it's a fancy way of saying that in exchange for your email address, I'm mm. going to give you something in return. Right. And everything, even people who don't know what an ethical bribe is, even if they're not used to "give me this for that," we all do it. A podcast can be an ethical bribe. If, if you are doing your podcast and somewhere in that podcast, you're like, hey, go to this just like you did at the beginning, exactly. right? I'll you had, you <laughs> had something to offer. You said, hey, if you like the show, go to this website, go to this link, download this thing. Well, if you go to that page, I'm going to guess that you have to put your email address Absolutely. in so that you know where to send it. Yep. It is an exchange. It is ethically bribing somebody saying, hey, I really want to share this information with you. If you like my content, if you like what I'm delivering, if you know me and like me, then trust me enough to send you this information. To your inbox. And that is the beginning of the relationship,
0: essentially. I think, even with the ethical bribe, I think you have to build up to that. Two things that you keep saying is you have to like me and you have to trust me. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from your playbook and from your track record mm-hmm. of what you've been doing for an extended period of time and people actually building up that trust and becoming comfortable with you to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to tune in like when people call in from Paris because they usually listen in the States and they're like, oh, it's Sunday this is my what I need. Like Hayes was saying earlier, you know, people need to be able to depend on you and depend on that consistency Mm -hmm. in order for them to build that rapport for you so that they say, hey, you know what? I don't mind spending a little bit of money with Kevin, with Hayes, with Todd. That's right. That is essentially what this is about. It's about building that community, that culture Mm -hmm. of not even a fair exchange that I offer you way more value than you could even pay for. So I'm not even asking you to pay to.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've reached a point with technology where. If you put yourself out there enough, people really get the sense that they know who you are. Mm -hmm. When people hear either you guys, when they hear your podcast, I'm sure if you've actually met some of these people in person, it's almost like they already know who you are. It's a familiarity. They feel very comfortable around you, Mm -hmm. right? They might even be a little starstruck because they hear you all the time or (laughs) they've seen you around places, right? And that's that inflection point. That's that relationship that breathes that know, like, and trust, right? They've gotten to the point where you have kind of been invited into their universe and they have gotten to know you on terms that you have set, whatever niche or whatever you're deciding to talk about in, in your life, and your creative life. And I think that's the way to begin the relationship. And then it is up to you at some point to escalate that and say, hey, I'm not asking you for money yet. I just, I'm just looking for your email address so that we can stay in touch.
0: Well, and, and even if you don't want to give your email address, I am looking to help you. Yeah. And I feel like that's where it all really starts from. Yeah. My point that I want to highlight that I want to highlight is collaboration. Mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. collaboration is super important, especially over different types of media. Yeah. Right. So if you're, for example, Chris and I, we're podcasters. Todd, you have a, a amazing course called Atomic Startup. Mm-hmm. Right? Us collaborating, you being on CEO talks, I'm sure that you get benefits, you get clientele from the show. Sure. Right. And then there are other bloggers and other podcasters like Hayes and I are talking about ways to collaborate Mm -hmm. in order to impact our audiences and be able to add more value. So in that, that's the jewel. One of the beauties of it is that if you want to essentially become bigger and have a bigger influence, you have to collaborate with other people who may have other audiences and there may be overlap. And a couple of ways to do that are to make your own pitch about the blogger and how you'll help them. Right? So going in saying, okay, this is how I can add value to what it is that you're already doing. And then if you are guest posting or doing something, you know, in a guest capacity for someone else, don't be afraid to build your email list up while you're doing it. Prime example, anybody that comes on a show, I ask them, how can we stay in contact with you? And if they have a product or something like that, then I'm saying, hey, you know what, what's the discount code for the Create Your Life family so that we can contribute to what it is that you're doing, mm-hmm. you know? And those are different ways. And then you promote your posts, your guest posts and your guest contributions, like you would promote your own. So therefore, you're helping that person grow as well by really making them bigger in your atmosphere, in your universe of what it is that you're doing.
2: And you're also helping them prove to their audience that they can even provide more to their own audience, right? In marketing, it's called a joint venture partnership.
0: Absolutely. Right.
2: So in a joint venture, two entrepreneurs will join forces Mm -hmm. and one will say, hey, I have this product. I think your audience would love it. I'll split the revenue with you 20, 30, 40, 50, 50, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that partner will give you access to his or her email list in return for you pitching that audience. Mm -hmm. And so you are using their authority and their trust. You are borrowing their trust in order to come to that audience and present something. And in return, the owner of that list, the person who has that respect from their audience, actually gains more respect because they're showing that they can provide even more value and teach people even
0: more by bringing in guests. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that you're guilty by association and amazing by association, right? Yeah. So if I have you on the show, it automatically raises your bar. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And if Hayes raises my bar and so on and so forth. It's like, hey, you know what? We were all sitting on the same paddle mm-hmm. together. We were all on the same show. So that mm-hmm. means that we must offer a similar type of value. Sure, pure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's amazing. Hayes, what else you got for us, man?
1: Oh, the next one I got is listener engagement. And I think that especially in the podcast world, there's 150 different podcasts that do the same exact thing that you do. And even that number is me whittling down a little too much. But the thing that's different, and I say this to everyone, people will come for the content, but what attaches them to your podcast is their connection to you, them feeling like they're getting it in with you. So you have to engage your listeners. You have to do, whether it's a segment, whether it's a poll, because my podcast is such a music influence podcast, is making a playlist on Spotify that then I can share. The listeners can follow as I update it. They can talk to me about it. We can have conversations about that music. But that listener engagement is very important because that's what's going to keep them around. And that's also what's going to have them talking about your podcast to other people and other listeners. So listener engagement is high on my list.
2: Love it. Yeah, it's huge. So for me, I would say that because I think linearly, I would say that the next thing after the ethical bribe for me is starting to educate. And part of that education is just being real with people and saying, here's my life. Here's who I am. Right. Put it kind of being transparent saying, these are my mm-hmm. ups, these are my downs. Almost like your hero's journey. Your movie is a life or your life is a movie, I guess I should say. Yeah. Both. It's the movie, same thing. Walk, life is a movie. So, a movie. so you, you can frame it like that with your highs and your lows. And in that, you can start to weave in educational content, really almost like an educational course, right? Mm -hmm. Say, hey, you know, one of my goals here is actually to help as many people as possible, which should be true, right? You don't want to fake it if you're – you know what I mean? It really is about helping people. And part of that is over the next 30 days, I'm going to show you how to build an email list or I'm going to show you how to make a product or I'm going to show you – how to create your own podcast or whatever it is. And you take them through simple steps. You just take them from ground zero to level one, right? And just by doing that, so many people are not used to getting anything for free that it shocks the system in a good way right? Because all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, this guy's actually showing me something. And some of those people will actually do the work and respond. And if you ask questions within that content, people will respond. And then you are having, you are beginning to have that one-on-one conversation that Hayes mentioned. You can actually start to say, hey man, thank you so much for your email to answer your question, X, Y, Z. And you've started that dialogue and you've done it
0: on terms that people can respect, which is you helping them. Mm. Make sense? No, absolutely. It makes sense. But I want to go back to that engagement piece. I think that that's super important. You know, a lot of times, even when I make a lot of the 10 ways, it's usually sparked from a question Mm -hmm. that some of the audiences, listeners may have. And even when I'm doing a recording for Sirius XM, a lot of times the end of it ends up being about what the listeners are asking questions about me and things like that. What are some of the ways that you make sure that you're engaging with your listeners and listening? Todd and and Hayes.
2: Well, that plays to one of my other points, which is quizzes and surveys. Mm, So I'm always asking in my email list to people, always. I'm always asking questions. Hey, what's your biggest problem with X? you know, X being whatever it is that you're doing. Hey, I'm really interested in doing something on this. What's your biggest problem with this? Let me know. How have you tried to solve this in your own life? What are the problems that you've come across? Quizzes and surveys are fantastic ways. If you're in the business space and your customer base is entrepreneurs, you know, the very first question would be like, well, what type of entrepreneur are you? Are you just starting out and you've never really done anything? Have you been in business for a couple of years or is this like your second company or third, right? Have you already (laughs) sold and exited and you're up on a list? By just starting to segment people into buckets of similar tastes and similar likes, you can start to understand exactly who they are as people and what they want. So if you can find out the right questions to ask and you can just do a little bit of research on Quora or Google or Reddit, any place where people are asking questions and trying to find answers to problems. If you find that drinking well for your audience, where they go to find out answers for them If you find other problems, you can craft a survey or craft a quiz that asks a certain number of questions and then delivers a certain answer, right? And by doing that, you can then start to build content.
0: Create Your Life family, we got questions from Facebook Live. We got Jamari Peterson chiming in. Jamari, what's going on? Estelle Lett, Dana LaSille, Bobbitt. Hello, Dana. And then we have Ishla, who is asking, she says, what social media platforms other than email has done the most in increasing your audience? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. I'll jump right into that. I'll say that the number one thing is, is that you have to know what works for you Mm -hmm. specifically. I want to highlight that because what works for me and what it is that I'm doing might not work for you. I think in terms of for the show itself, I would have to say it's been Instagram because that's the only social media account that we have. We have a Facebook page, but we're more active on Instagram. So for Create Your Life there. And then for me, Kevin, I would probably say Facebook has Mm -hmm. been the biggest for me gaining followers, but my Instagram has increased as well. So probably Facebook and Instagram for me. How about you Hayes?
1: I would say Twitter is a big one for me, specifically because the way that I post on Twitter, you can listen to the whole episode right from the tweet. And so that helps a lot in growing an audience. That helps when new listeners come in or their first time finding your show, they can listen to it all right there without going to another platform, without having to go to iTunes or anything. And it just offers a better entryway. But I would say, I mean, all social media has its ways. It's just you have to know how to market on that. So, for example, Twitter, I just gave what I use on Twitter. Mm-hmm. If I'm using Instagram, I'll do a snippet of the show. You can only post, what, one minute on Instagram? So I'll do a small snippet of probably my most engaging portion of the show or what is going to make someone say, hey, I have to listen to the rest of this conversation. Mm -hmm. And then as far as Facebook, using that boost function on Facebook, if you're posting your episodes and marketing that to a specific area, to maybe what the content is or to where you know your biggest fan base or listenership is. Every social media has helped me grow almost equally. It's just knowing How to market specifically there when i first started out i would do the same posts on every social media platform i had that didn't end up working once i started differentiating what i did on each one of those social media platforms they each kick in on average i probably get 50 to 100 new listeners from each social media platform again leveraging bitly to know where they're coming in from Mm -hmm. but as well as that targeted promotion on each platform definitely helps grow your audience a
0: lot. I want to jump right in. So we got a couple seconds before we go to musical break. If you could really quickly just tell us, how is it that you, or what technology are you using in order to get it to where someone can listen to the whole episode right there via the tweet? So I was using
1: SoundCloud for a long time. Right. Um, I actually am, am switching 10 to seconds. Anchor now because it just offers better statistics. Gotcha. But everything, you can embed the whole episode right into the tweet there. Uh-huh. They click it, a little window pops up. Right. They don't have to go to another thing. They don't have to do anything
0: else You can listen to the whole episode, right? Okay, awesome. All right, so we'll be right back after this musical break. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Laundry, a podcast editing service that gives podcasters more time to be creative by handling the dirty work of editing and all of the -the behind-the-scenes work that podcasters hate. If you're a podcaster, check out our services and purchase a package today. Spend more time doing what you love and let Podcast Laundry do the dirty work for you. Visit PodcastLaundry.com for more information. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back. This is CEO Talks. We were talking about how to grow your audience. Before we left, we had Isla ask, hey, you know what? What has been the biggest social media platforms that have helped you to grow your audience? And so you heard from myself, you heard from Hayes. Now let's hear from Todd Wanish of Clever Era. Todd when my wife and I were building her business, which was
2: called Ruby Thursday, and it's still going on, it's still going on really strong. The platforms that did her really well and us really well was YouTube. So she launched her own channel, right? And she did a weekly YouTube show. And that built up a really good-sized audience and and still grows to this day. And the other thing that we did was she ended up co-organizing a meetup. So meetup.com has a whole bunch of different meetups from around the globe, from around the country. So she hosted an in-person meetup once a month. And that also brought her authority. I mean, I cannot tell you the number of opportunities that have come up for her. In, in her universe in development and coding purely because of YouTube, email, and meetups. And I'll tell you this, the other side to the meetup.com thing, and this is a little secret that we use to build her audience, you don't have to organize your own meetup. Meetup actually has a really interesting feature, which is that you can some people allow you to contact their audiences. Right. And so if you sign up, I mean I'm in New York, but I could sign up to a meetup group in LA, I can then check and see if that Organization allows me to contact their email list. Mm-hmm. And some of these email lists, man, some of these groups are like 30, 40, 50,000 people strong. So I can say, hey, by the way, check it out. We're going to be doing this show. Dah, 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 dah. Or we have a product launch coming up. I just wanted to share with the community. Thank you guys so much. And I mean, you can get sales from that. So I want to, I want to, I mean, it, it works.
0: It works. No oh, one, no one knows about that. I got to stop it. <laughs> that's you. my secret. Create your life, family, <laughs> right now in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> he just dropped a bomb. That's an atomic bomb right there. Nobody
2: knows about that.
0: Dude, that, that is the hack of all. <laughs> hacks right there. That's crazy. I love it. 30, 40, 50,000, yeah. and you can touch. Yeah, create your life family. I better run and go take care of business. <laughs> Todd, keep going. I'm sorry, I had to, no, to stop right. you on I'm that. Definitely
1: it. Absolutely,
0: yeah. man, it's it's a really, it's like a secret. Shh, just for you guys. Shh. Just for us, just but, for um, the family. I'll, I
2: want to stress what you said before the break, Kevin, and that is it really depends on what it is that you're trying to build, because I knew that Melissa, my wife, mm-hmm. her audience lives on YouTube and goes to meetups, So okay. we focused yeah. on that. For Clever Era and the Atomic Startup, when we start our push on that, which is coming soon, that's
0: going to be YouTube and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Right, because I know my audience is going to be there. So Todd, how do you figure out where your audience is? You have a very interesting way of going about cross-checking words, the language that's being used by your audience and also figuring out where they're at and what's going on in that particular universe. Can you just give us like a condensed version of how you go about doing that?
2: Oh man, put me on the spot. Condensed version, that's a challenge. I know, (laughs) it's a lot. How about this, you go to Hayes, let me think about how I'll condense that down for a minute and I'll come back to you.
0: Okay. All right, Hayes, what's your next one?
1: My next one is Be Yourself. I can't tell you how many podcasters that I listen to are asking you to check out their podcast, and I can only stick through so much because... They're trying too hard to sound like a podcaster or to be politically correct. And it just turns me off. I've always said this. Anyone who started off, anyone who talks to me about podcasting is that if you don't have a controversial opinion ever, if everything you do is politically correct, I can't trust that that's actually you. So I'm not going to listen. Be yourself. No matter how controversial it may seem, no matter how weird it may be, no matter how different it may be, be yourself. That goes back to what I said on my last point Mm -hmm. is that it's you. Your content may get people to listen, but it's you who are going to get people to stay. And if you're not truly being yourself or you're trying too hard to be what you think a podcaster is, they're not going to stick around
0: and listen to you. So you have to be yourself. I like that. And I think one thing for me that I wanted to make sure that I highlighted here in this episode was this trust your gut over people who think that they know what you're supposed to be doing. And the reason why that's so important to me is because when I was trying to get the show on SiriusXM and I'm pitching all of these channels. Create Your Life had 500 followers, Mm -hmm. less than 500, like 480 or something like that, right? And I'm telling people, you know, what it is that I'm I'm working on or what it is. Like, we're in conversations with this network and people are like, oh, they're not going to pick you up. You need to have at least 10,000 followers. You need to have this. You need to have that. I mean, I'm literally here in the studio. We're 80 episodes in. And this guy is in here. He's like a guest on some other show. And he's telling me what. What's not gonna happen? And in my head, after a while, I just stopped talking and just started listening. You telling me all of this stuff, do you work there? No. Have you ever done this? No. What is your expertise or the reason why you feel like you can offer me this advice? Right. So I think that that's very important. Like this is what I knew could take place because I believed that it could and I was willing to do the work. But I also think that it's important to go and do the hard work and put in the time where it's gonna matter most. Because we had a catalog, that's what got us over the hump. If I had 50,000 followers and no content, I think, you know, people might be interested, but they still be like, well, where's the work? Are you really gonna consistently do it? So, very interesting. But Todd, we wanna circle back, man. Yeah. We need this process yeah, from yeah. You, So I'm gonna you I'm gonna break it
2: down as simply as I can. Basically, what you do is you start checking these social networks, and what you're doing is you're looking for two things. You're looking for the passion and emotion of the pain. So, you wanna find pain, and you wanna find people passionately talking about it, and then you need the numbers. The first thing that I do is I try to find forums or Facebook groups or Quora questions, people asking a question, and then I'm looking for the answers that people give. Somewhere online, people are dealing with whatever problem you're trying to solve, and they are talking about it passionately. So what I do is I start looking at the language and I start looking at the passion behind the language. It really depends on what it is that you're looking for, right? Then what I do is once I find a passionate forum or passionate thread, I will then go through that social network and I will look at the numbers. So for instance, I'll go to Facebook groups and I'll type in entrepreneurship and I'll just look at the top 10 Facebook groups and I'll look at the numbers of the people in the groups. When do people sign up? Did 10 people sign up to these groups last week or is it 2000, right? You tally the numbers. So if I can get a hundred thousand people, in with the top ten groups, so it's like an average of ten thousand people per group. Mm-hmm. That tells me that there's a really passionate audience on there. Right. And what you're going to find is that hindsight is always twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So a, a perfect example would be entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. If I look for a business group, a group of business owners mm-hmm. who are having problems in their businesses and they're trying to take their businesses to that next level. Okay, right. let's just say that that is what I'm addressing. That is my problem. That's how right. that, that's, that, that's you know it. So weird. Weird how that (laughs) works. Keep going. Keep going. going, Yeah. If I hop onto Facebook and I look at those groups, well, I'm not going to actually find a lot. Are there entrepreneurship groups? Yes. Are there business owners talking about the problems? Some. But if you look at it, you're not going to see too much. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, if I hop over to LinkedIn, oh, I'm going to find a ton of business groups Mm. because LinkedIn is business. Right. Right. If I go to uh, meetup.com, oh, there's tons of business owner groups, tons of entrepreneurship groups. And hindsight, You have the data, and now you can say, oh, well, of course, it makes sense because meetups are in person and they're private. LinkedIn groups can be private groups. They're much more focused on business, Mm -hmm. right? Facebook is social. Facebook is not a place to share your innermost deep, dark feelings, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. there are Reddit groups that'll do that because they're private. They're small. They're insular. Facebook, Instagram, if you're posting your problems on Instagram, you're using Instagram wrong. (laughs) Say that. that, (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Very interesting. So you got to know the platform and you got to know what the platform is good for. And it really just comes down to knowing who it is that you want to approach and starting at the beginning, finding somebody that has a problem and saying, OK, well, where are these people coming from? And
0: you're you diving deeper. I want to piggyback off of that because I'm going to be honest with you all. Me and Ty go back and forth. We have a lot of conversations and we friend tour each other. But one thing that I did recently, I have the company Podcast Laundry, which is essentially we edit podcasts for podcasters so that you can focus on the creative things. Let us do your dirty work. However, when it was time to figure out I want to serve podcasters, it was up to us or it was up to me and the person that I'm working on a company with to go into these different groups that I was already a part of and engaged in with podcasters and ask, hey, what is it that takes you the longest? What is it that you wish you knew before you started podcasting? and asking all of these questions and reading all of these comments and fielding the data, putting it into spreadsheets and literally saying, hey, you know what, this is this, that is that. And then saying, hey, I think we have something here because people actually care about this. And this is a pain point. Mm -hmm. And if you can solve that pain point for a person, then you can definitely build an audience because the problem already exists. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that you actually taught me, Todd, in the Lean Startup book is build, measure, learn. No." You measure, learn, and then build. Right. Anytime you're building a company, think about it like hustling. You want to start in the black. So you start in the black by identifying a problem and being able to actually pick it up and create the business from there. You want to have clients in the door before you even go and do all of the fancy stuff. Yeah, you got to validate it before you build them. Yeah, absolutely. And you (laughs) cannot validate with vanity metrics. And that means validation through your cousin or your auntie or somebody who's close to you that's not your customer or that will not tell you the truth. It's the golden
2: rule that I live by, which is this. Amateurs make something so that they can sell it. Yes. All amateurs, they make it first. They say, look what I did. And then they try to go find someone to buy it, right? Mm -hmm. Professionals sell it first. They sell it so that they can make it.
1: That's what pre-sales are and that's a gym go ahead hey. that's a gym i can't stress that enough it's just the way you worded that i'm gonna write that down that's something that i'm gonna have to steal from you just a little bit go for, for it that. that's, that's all
0: right definitely go for it that's i'm gonna be right. honest with you ty said that on my panel last summer that's when i was like all right yeah this guy he could come on and create your life i know <laughs> i know he has the juice but looking at the facebook live man we on fire jamari peterson he says that automation is also an area that i am big on for engagement but aligning my pieces to be seamless can be difficult to set up he said, what are some tips that you all can offer? I guess I'll go first since I'm talking here. Yep,
2: I'm a huge proponent of doing it manually until it breaks, right? Because what happens is we get caught up in automation and email sequencing and funnel building. I mean, that stuff is so much fun, man. But you can really suffer from shiny object syndrome. You're in the world of marketers, man. These people know how to sell. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I start everything from scratch. I do everything manual, Mm -hmm. manual. And then when I'm overworked or overwhelmed, the thing that I just either can't do anymore or that's breaking the most, that's the first thing that I automate. So I let the business tell me what to automate, right? So it might be building an email funnel. It might be building a sales funnel. I don't know. It could be doing the the giveaway, right? Doing the ethical bribes that you can start collecting emails automatically instead of asking people for their business card, right? It really depends on your business, but you can't do it all at once. You got to do one thing at a time from the manual side. And that also gives you the advantage of testing, Right? If you Absolutely. build everything at once, if you were to say, oh, I'm not launching my business until everything is built, well, what happens? The minute something breaks, you don't know how to fix it. You don't know what caused it. You don't know how to improve your metric or your KPI. You mm-hmm. have no clue because you did everything all together. If you start from one thing and then you can start to test it, you can say, well, maybe I'm focusing on YouTube and I'm just going to build up a YouTube audience. Well, what happens if I do a different place card? What happens if I play with the title? What happens if I add some links here or there? What happens if I change the way I do an intro? Right, like all these things are gonna change your metrics up and down and over time you can start to see what actually works. And then once you have a conversion number or a metric that you like, then you can move on to the next piece, the other thing in your life that's breaking. Because the truth is, is no matter how much you automate, it's all gonna be on fire anyway. It's, all, right, yeah. it's, all gonna be, it's always going to be hiccups.
0: Yeah. I want to comment because Brian Nicole Davis on Facebook Live has said, Todd, you made me log on to Facebook just to comment. Yeah. That was a great meetup tip. Thanks a million. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. So, Hayes, man. Don't tell nobody. It's just our secret. Right. It's just us. <laughs> Hayes, <laughs> what you got for us?
1: All right. Next one. Market, market, market. Okay. And I can't say that you have to market yourself market your brand, market your show, you have to figure out what your market is. And then once you figure that out, you have to try to expand upon that if you can, but you also have to stay and pay attention to that original market. So many times I can't tell you how many people go after a different market or go after a different listener base and forget their core listener base. They may get a couple of new people from that new base, but then you lose your core. You have to figure out how to build upon everything in an organic way, but your market of yourself and your brand is highly, highly important and you can't forget that. You can't forget that at all, but also stay true. You you don't want to sell out, so to say, but yeah, marketing is is highly important. Okay.
2: So I agree with that a hundred percent. Marketing is the way you build and sell everything. I think marketing is more important than the actual product because with marketing, you can pre-sell something right with a product you have to have in order to sell it so marketing is a professional way to sell something and what I'll give you is a another piece that you can plug into the meetup secret which is giveaways uh, yes. giveaways or a secret weapon man here's the secret to doing good with giveaways so people think of giveaways and they're like oh man I'll just give away a laptop or I'll give away an iPad or something and that is horrible you will get tons and tons of signups and emails because everybody wants an iPad Everybody wants a new iPhone, right? However, these people don't care about you, right? They just want the iPad, they just want the phone, they just want whatever it is you're giving away. So you wanna find something to give away that is tied to your audience, what they are passionate about. So one of the things that we did right before we launched our very first product is we used that Meetup secret and then the email that we sent was a link to a giveaway. And the giveaway, I don't know how many developers are out there, but one of the things that almost all developers now use is something called GitHub. And GitHub is essentially, to say it unsmoothly, it's basically a place where you can store your code, right? right. It's a place offsite where you can store code and share it with teams and all that kind of stuff. It is huge in the developer community. Everybody has it. Everybody uses it. I think it was just purchased by Microsoft for like $7 billion, <laughs> which is a topic for another conversation. Right. But... So what we did, GitHub, I think their price is 40 or 50 bucks a year. Not expensive, mm-hmm. not expensive. So what we did is in our promo for the giveaway, we said we're giving away a five-year account. We are going to pay your bills on GitHub for like five or six years. We got so many people to sign up and we knew that they were developers because only developers are going to like GitHub. You know what I mean? Only developers, which is our target audience. So what it costs us, it's 40 or 50 bucks. And let me tell you, you're just like, oh yeah, well, still you spent like a couple hundred bucks for the whole thing. Let me tell you, the number of people that converted, the course we were selling at the time was over $1,000. So if we had just sold one, it would have covered everything, paid for itself multiple times over. Let me tell you, we sold way more than one. Mm -hmm. So it is you can use that meetup secret and then push them to a giveaway. And then on that giveaway, give something that is relevant to your audience. And you can watch your email subscription. Your audience will just double. It'll grow huge.
0: I think another thing for me that's a super important tip in order to grow your audience is you have to read. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that this is something that is oftentimes overlooked. Todd, you've put me onto a couple of books and I'll, I'll tell you right now, Create Your Life Family. These two books, you need to read them from front to back, make your highlights and then go back and read them again. And they're both by Russell Brunson, ClickFunnels and .com Secrets. It's like the blueprint to what it is that you need to be doing if you're working to grow your audience and to build your influence. These two books have been absolutely amazing in my experience in helping to grow the show. Todd Hayes, what have been some of the books that have helped you out? And I will also say research. Like, you need to be reading articles and articles upon articles about what it is that you're doing and where the industry is going as well. Who you want to go first? Either one of you. All right. So books. So one of the books that was
2: seminal for me was actually 48 Laws of Power. It is not a nice book. Back in the day, I did a lot of music videos with a lot of hip hop acts. So I saw all the talent (laughs) walking off set with this book. I got to look at that book. It's like the Bible. It is the Bible. It is brilliant. It tells it like it is it talks about power and how we are affected by power Mm -hmm. it is not a friendly book it is not nice because power can be used for good but it can be used for bad right and it gets a lot of heat because it's not like all happy happy joy joy about power but it is brilliant and i will add to that robert green who's the author did another book which i think is just as good if not better which was the 50th law and he actually worked with 50 cent on that book so that's why it's called the 50th law but it's a brilliant brilliant book so those books early on were hugely influential to me because I was early on in my career with my background in fine art and animation and design and stuff like this. I had no clue about sales. So all it took was me to get rolled on a few times. And I'm like, I got to figure out what's going on. Right. And the minute I started reading about power, as I went chapter by chapter, and I got the physical and I recommend the audio book too, because it is a thick textbook. Unabridged but, or abridged? Unabridged, audio. unabridged. Okay. Yeah. But I will say, once I started reading chapter by chapter, I started being able to place people to techniques that were used on me. Mm, Whether that yep. person knew it or not, I was like, oh, that's so and so. They totally did this on me. So it got me into a position where I could start to recognize what the techniques were. Not necessarily that you would use them, but you know, you've got to know what's out there. you got to know
1: how it works. I would have to piggyback off that. And I'm going to mention two more Robert Greene books, and that is The 33 Strategies is War yeah. of Will is Mastery. Uh-huh. And when you hear hmm. The 33 Strategies of War, you may also automatically go into thinking, well, how does war apply? Once you read the book and break down the strategies of war, you realize that they can literally be applied to anything and everything in life, whether it's your business, whether it's your personal life, whether it's anything that you want to do or accomplish, everything is a war. It's a war against something and so once you read the 33 strategies of war and start learning to identify and strategize with those things it makes everything so much easier because you realize that you're fighting a battle it may not be against another person it may not even have an adversary sometimes the adversary is just winning that's the only adversary that you have and you have to conquer that you have to win the 33 strategies of war and mastery i suggest everyone no matter what you do in life read those two books, as well as the 48 Laws of Power. I started smiling as soon as you mentioned <laughs> that. I'm, I've read every Robert Greene Me book Me too. That he's, he's so I own them the all, guy. I haven't read them all. <laughs> Robert, Robert, Robert,
0: I Robert own them, Greene. but I haven't read them all. They're so good. I'm going to give you a couple more books too, if we got the time for it. All right, oh, I want to take a quick jump. Well, yeah. if you want to talk about the books really quickly, really quick, because I want to, I want to address Jamar's question a little bit more. Okay,
2: perfect, perfect. So really quick, John Braddock, A Spy's Guide to Thinking. Simple book, small book. I'm not going to tell you what it's about because it's really good, but it's a spy's guide to thinking. And then I'm also going to recommend an old book. This book was written in the 20s, a book by um, a guy named Edward Bernays. And if you don't know who Ed Bernays is, you need to look up this dude because he is literally the most important person of the 20th century, and nobody knows who this guy is. And that's because his book is called Propaganda. And he is the father of American propaganda. He is the guy responsible like actually responsible for changing our culture from needs-based to want-based in the twenties. Mm. Because before, back in the twenties, you gotta remember depression era, everyone was needs based. Right, I need right. food, I'm gonna get food, I need this, I need that, mm-hmm. right? Food, water, and shelter. He pushed us up Maslow's hierarchy of needs and pushed us into wants. That guy is responsible for some not so nice things, but also some incredibly good things. No judgments on who he is as a person. But his book, when you read it, you realize that he wrote it in the 20s. And then you realize I mean, this is pre internet, pre pretty much everything. Right. Man,
0: makes you think. The power of the mind and the power of influence. It makes you uh, think about it back then.
2: It makes you think about a lot of things.
0: So now you make me want to add in one more book. <laughs> I think anybody who's doing anything, I don't care where you work at, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, one of the top books, and I'm rereading it right now, is Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert oh, Kiyosaki. Yeah, classic. It's a classic, but it helps you understand how to make money, how different people make money, and what types of people exist. I try to read this book every year this secrets of the millionaire mind and the alchemist and what makes the great great these are books that every year i have to read these books they're that good and that influential and it helps you to straighten up and get your mind right but going back to what jamari was saying about definitely making sure that things are systemized i'm a big component todd knows about me of sops standard operating procedures and flow Quadrant actually helped me to understand this. And they have this example in a book where the guy says, you know what? If there was a mom and pop burger shop and somebody asked you, do you make a better burger than McDonald's? Then, of course, the person would say what, Todd? Oh, yeah. What would you say, Hayes? Absolutely. Exactly. But then if somebody, if that same person asked you, do you run a better business system than McDonald's? Then what would your answer be?
1: <laughs> yeah, No oh. way,
2: man. I wish.
0: <laughs> what would you say, Hayes? If we did, I'd be on a
1: boat. I mean, yeah, I I wish I could run a better business. If I
0: did, I'd be on a boat somewhere. But that is essentially what cash flow is talking about. And so when you're doing things and you're understanding stuff, then you have to operate as a business system. Even Create Your Life is ran as a system. So no matter who the host is, no matter what guest I bring in, it's just like a T-Mobile store or a McDonald's. You could fire all of the managers and bring in some more. And they have a playbook and a manual and operating procedures to operate by. And that is the guide to making sure that you can eventually take yourself out of the business and work on the business versus working in it. And that is the difference between a person who's in the S quadrant, which is self-employed, right. versus a person who is a business owner. Mm-hmm. And those are two completely different sides of the quadrant in that book. Wow, Jamari's we got a, something going on on Facebook Live. Jamari says that he's loving the standard operating procedures and he's loving the books that you suggested. That being said, we have only a couple more seconds here on the show. So, Chris and Todd, give us your last tip that you want to leave the audience with. has to be really quick. And then also tell us how we can stay in contact with you.
2: Yeah, man. So I'll just say this. Don't join the party. Be the party. Yep, That's it. Don't join the party. The party that is your job, and as far as where you can get me at, it's just cleverera.com.
1: I got a little form in there.
2: We'll do a little ethical bribe. You just put your email in there, and we'll stay in touch. Cool,
0: Hayes.
1: And you can follow me at CEO Hayes, that's CEO H A I Z E. And you can check out my podcast, The Awakened Soul, on any podcast platform.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, create your life, family. The tip that I want to leave you with is that go ahead, create your life, be your best because this is what we do. And Of course, I think we got the best podcast out there. Sorry, Hayes, no offense. (laughs) We're in two different genres. We're in two different genres. (laughs) It's all good. What I want to say, too, is Create Your Life family is don't be afraid to call in and participate and ask questions yourself to the people that we have on the show. That's what we're here for. That's why we're live on radio. And that number, as always, is 212-650-6903. Appreciate you. Love you, thank you for being a part of this and being on the journey with us. More great things coming. Now I'm gonna hit you with the unofficial anthem as we get out of here, peace. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York, or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week.
1: Create your life. Create propre vie.
0: Create your life.
1: Create your life. Create your life. Crea la tua vita. Create your life. Unstituto leva.
0: You better create your life. Create your life. You life. la <laughs> Create your life. Create your life.